City podcast. Uh, we're recording it the morning after the night before when another good result for City. Final score at Adams Park. Wickham Wanderers won City three. Uh, I'll begin by saying neither Ian, who's joining me today, nor I were at the game. So all we've seen are the goals and uh, little bits and pieces that we've read on match reports. So absolutely, we're not in a position to comment on how the team played, but we can talk about the goals. Uh, Ian, it, it just gets better and better. Uh, undefeated in five games now after that shocking start. I mean, there's nothing to be uh, there's nothing to be negative about, really, is there? No, there's not. And and I think the, the good thing, okay, people will say, well, it's a cup competition, and sides made changes, but both teams made changes, and this is where having a a stronger championship squad. Um, is is going to be an advantage and it's really important that we gave the what I'll call fringe players and um players like Dylan Kaji a chance. And that was great. Obviously seeing Antoine's name on the bench gave everybody a lift before the game. And um he got a goal late on. I mean okay it 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 bounced off his shin a bit and went in the net but he hasn't kicked a ball in, in well, in anger, I'll say, in a game for months. So lovely, lovely to see the kid back and listening to the commentary. Um, he he looks strong, he looks fit, and he looked uh, in all the training uh, video and pictures before the game. He looks happy. He looks so, and happy. I think that's a key thing. And people have said that on the training video. Everybody seems to be enjoying what they're doing appearances can well, be deceptive winning, winning winning games will do that it there's does, no such thing as a bad win yeah and um all Nigel Pearson has to do to get the support of every fan at the club is win games yeah uh, it, it's easy to say and it's very very difficult to do but it's all about winning games of football and yeah. and the great managers are always the ones that win those games of football and they're always the ones that get the best jobs with the best teams with the most money uh, but there there's a, a lot of managers uh, for example if you look at what Steve Cooper achieved last year at Forest who've done well without doing that and now Forest are in the promised land and and they're they're spending money like it's going out of fashion they 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 bought a player yesterday apparently for four and a half million and they're loaning him out to Olympiacos so um, you know that goes to show now two seasons ago Forest were skinned and they were at the bottom of the table yeah this goes to show how, how quickly things could change well, things can things can if, if you if you get things right yeah no that's absolutely right um, looking at that lineup, Ian you predicted and I know people are always saying oh you know predictions predictions but you pre predicted that uh Tanner might play right of a, a three, and it saw Kane yeah. Wilson come in. Now, again, we weren't at the game, but just reading people's comments on text and looking at the goal we conceded after half time, they weren't the strongest by all accounts, yeah? No, and that's probably why they're, they're not in the first 11 at the moment. Um, I suggested that because 
I think George Tanner is a really good footballer. He looked good in all the pre-season games that I saw. Um, and the lad's got a good pedigree. He's ex-Man United. I, okay, it didn't work out for whatever reason. He went to Carlisle and then we picked him up. And, and basically, he's, he's a, a right back. But if he can do a job there, it always bodes well because if he's on the bench, we know we can cover two positions. It's a bit like the conversation I've had about Zach Viner a few times. If you could got a guy on the bench that can cover two or three positions, it will mean that you don't need to put three defenders on the bench. Yeah. Well, as we know, Zach, who was rested last night, uh, he was on the bench, but non-playing sub. He can yeah. play right wing back at a push where he's playing now, right of a three, and he can play in the middle of the park. Are you surprised we maybe didn't give Max O'Leary a game between the sticks? Because he's yeah. we're, we're being told that Badgett's not going to be fit until mid-September. No, mid-September. Mid I mean, well, I think that's it. in Nigel Pearson's last press conference, he said something about he's going to be back doing all the full training in two to three weeks now. I would suppose the next thing after that is he's going to play some under-23 games that seem to be coming thick and fast at the moment, the, you know, the under-20 and the under-23 games. And I, I I think, I mean, I know he's under-23, but I think you can, you're allowed to play one or two overage players at, at most levels, you know, you're under-20s or under-23s, under, under -23s, whatever it is. So... Yeah, and, and that, that means really that that's scuppered any chance Max has got about going out on loan because until he plays, Badgett I'm talking about, until he plays and he plays plays games and you can see how fit he is, you don't put him on the bench on on Saturdays, but you don't release Max because if you do that and then Dan Bentley gets an injury, you really are in trouble. So that seems to have um, scuppered a loan move from Max, which is a shame because I think he's at the point of his career where he needs 40 games of first-team football a year. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, unless he does go and maybe we get a lone goalkeeper in, which is not impossible, maybe there's an out-contract goalkeeper, but, you know, Dan could well be walking next summer and you mm -hmm. want Max to have played regularly, albeit at a lower level of football, if he is going to be seen as a potential replacement for Dan if he's not offered a contract or is offered one doesn't sign it and, and walks. Um, the midfield combination, I think it was Kaji and, uh, and, and, and King were, uh, were in there um, with Hanoa playing, correct me if I'm wrong here, was Hanoa playing more of the um, uh, uh, Andy Vyman type role just in behind a, a front two of Martin and Wells. Yeah, was that, is that how you saw it on paper? The lineup. Well, I, I don't take a lot of notice of, of what I've seen on paper. I'm on the BBC site at one point before they had the game. They had Naismith playing wide wide right of a three up front. Um, so I don't take too much notice of that. I mean, what I thought looking at the players, it would be more of a, a three five two as opposed to a three four one two with Andy King sitting, which is yeah, used to be a role that he's he's developed into because that's not his natural midfield position. He's a, no. he's a decent footballer, Andy Kings. He could probably play anywhere, but in the midfield. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly how they yeah. played. I mean, I, if you look at the stats for the game, we shared possession uh, with Wickham. We were dominating it for about the first 15, 20 minutes. I think I looked after about 10, 15 minutes and we had 68% possession. But... Yeah. 
that whittled down in the end to look to it. It was almost 50-50, but we um, we were dominant in the important department. We were dominant in the fact we scored three goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, we came back into it and Kane Wilson, we signed him for his uh, goals and assists uh, as an attacking right wing back. We've seen the goal. I mean, it was a it was a decent finish on the volley. Got got goal side of the defender. Um, do you think he's done enough? Maybe to we we'll talk more about the lineup for this coming Saturday. But do you think Wilson? Did Pearson see enough of Wilson to think he gives me another selection problem for the weekend? Of which there are several. I'd be I'd be very surprised if the team that starts at Blackpool is any different to the team that started against Cardiff. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 it was I, interesting. That for example, I, I don't think Antoine and Matty James are probably ready to start yet. No. You know, I, I don't know. I don't see him train. Nigel Pearson might have a. Complete... Well, we come on. We come on to. We come on to James in a, because yeah. these selections. In, they're in nice selection of, problems. In terms of problems to have. What I was going to say again, based on what one was reading, that when Scott came on for Kaji for the last half hour, he dictated the play, apparently, mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, I, I could show you what I can do. I don't know how many scouts were watching, probably several, but before Semenyo's goal, which it, it went in off his shin, seeing that, I haven't seen it, but Martin, I'm listening, I'm extracting from what I heard the Sky reporter say, that Martin drew a good save from the goalkeeper and Pring headed over from five yards when he really should have scored. It could have been more emphatic than the actual scoreline suggests had we taken those chances, yeah? I mean, in fairness, um, Wickham had one shot on one shot on target. It was actually a header. Fantastic header at the far post, by the way. Great cross. And a fantastic header at the far post by the Iraqi lad up front. Um, but that was their only effort on target all night. So, you know, if you, if you don't let people get shots on target, they're not going to score many goals against you. So... No. No, Whilst we gave away, probably gave away, there was a, a flurry of corners um, at the start of the um, at the at the start of the second half, um, and I think that that's something that we can look to improve in our game, get, getting out of the blocks uh, quick in both halves, and not yeah. la- not uh, allowing um, a side to get back into the game at any point. Yeah. But, you know, in, in fairness, we've played two cup games now. We've scored seven goals, conceded two. And people can say, well, yeah, but sides make changes and they put out different... Well, yeah, but so did we. So until you get into probably the round after next, sides are going to continue doing that. And, and Premier League sides will do it right up until, well, when they've got big squads and they can utilise them. Teams like Man City will do it right up to the final. Um, they're not as um, they're not as shy about doing that, and obviously they've got some fantastic quality in their squad. Yeah. But yeah. I expect Nigel Pearson, depending on what the availability and injury situation is, come November, yeah. um, I would expect him to do something quite similar against Lincoln. Yeah, well, and that's it. I mean, uh, well, before we go, I see we were refereed by Parks referee Andy Davis. Yeah. So. Uh, don't know where they haven't had read of anybody slagging him off, but uh, a good showing to take a thousand and forty fans down the motorway, which oh, uh, you amazing. know for a midweek game against opposition like Wickham, yeah, uh, and it's always a bit of a 
big to park around there as well, isn't it? Well, it's a, it's, while, um, but, uh, it's an awful place to get into in Outox. It's right down the bottom of an industrial yeah. estate, isn't it? Yeah, um, no, that's true. But uh, anyway, Lincoln, I, I was just checking. Well, not that I didn't need to check, but I did. First time they'll have been to Ashton Gate since April 1986, a 1-1 uh, draw. I mean, the fourth round, no, the third round, sorry, it's, it's ten. It's 10 weeks away, isn't it? It's just a couple of weeks before the World Cup. But looking at that, we're in the last 32. We've got every chance of progressing into the last 16, haven't we? Well, yeah, you'd certainly hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, uh, everybody says, well, yeah, we'd have liked to have got Chelsea or we'd have liked to have got Man United or Liverpool. Yeah, we would, I suppose. But, um, you know, if you get, uh, let's say you got through this, then you've got a winnable draw at home in the next round, that's when it, it starts. It's not the most financially lucrative competition, no. but at the moment, we can't afford to turn down no. any amount of money. And, no. and, and it, it does give an opportunity for Nigel Pearson to try different things and make sure that players stay match fit. Because yeah. it's, it's unfair to, let's say play the next seven or eight games with exactly the same team, even if you win them all, and then someone gets injured and you've got to bring somebody in, yeah. and they haven't played for the first team in, in a couple of months. Yeah. And, and The thing and, about it being Lincoln, you're not going to rest players because you want a game, in, you want to get through to the next round, but you can be more flexible with the team there than you might be if you were playing Man City at home because you put out your best team against them. It's interesting that of the 16 ties in round three, Seven are all uh, Premier League affairs, but it's interesting. One of the ties, I think it was the first one out of the hat, Nigel Pearson's old club, Leicester City, home to Newport. Wouldn't that be an interesting uh, game for him to play his old club at our ground? Yeah, because mm -hmm. Nigel's birthday this week, it was interesting. The number of uh, Leicester fans saying, oh, we want Nigel, come back Nigel, because they're not very enamored with Brendan Rodgers at the moment. Well, I should think Brendan Rodgers is very happy because he hasn't had any, got any, or he hasn't had any money to strengthen his squad, and most of the better players there seem to be linked with every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and not going to sign a new contract. So you've got Fafana, Yuri uh, Tillemans, um, they're the so say the subject of interest. But I think you know Tillemans is out of contract at the end of this year, and he, he's showing absolutely no sign. And this seems to be something that's happening a lot in the modern game. If you look at Arsenal, I mean, we get annoyed about uh, Jiju walking for nothing after we spent five million on him, and Naki will probably walk out of the club next summer for nothing after we. And, spent and dare I say, Callas could as well because Callas, De Silva, idea. Dan Bentley, no idea but, when he's coming back now, do we? But if you were if you were Arsenal, and you look at the players that they Lacazette, Obama, Yang. And ironically, Obama Yang is going to be probably going to be bought by Chelsea, um, who, are, who are you know are also obviously in 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 London after Arsenal had to give him away to Barcelona just to save on the wages. Yeah. So, um, and Arsenal, they, who was the Turkish? And they, well, hang on, they just they just who was the Turkish lad that Arsenal had in? Just did the little the little guy Ozil. Didn't he cost him 400 and go for nothing in the end as well? Oh, he no, cost 400 him grand all the wages he was getting, wasn't he? And he cost him about 30 million quid a few years ago. Well, he, they get I was going to say, they've let Pepe out on loan and 
He cost them 72 million. Ozil cost them money, but he was on colossal wages. Something 400 like a week. 350 grand a week. Yeah. Didn't play. And then they had to let him, I think they let him go to a, a Turkish club in the end. But that seems to be the modern way of the world. And the problem in the Premier, that people in Premier League have got is that no one outside of the Premier League has got the kind of money, or very few clubs have got the kind of money that's required to take players that they've paid big fees for. So, yeah. you know, look at the players that have walked. I mean, Man United, Pogba, cost them 90-odd million. He walked for nothing. And that's the yeah. second time he's walked for nothing out of United. So, unfortunately, it just seems the way of the world at the moment. The agents are saying to their players, look, run down your contract. Next year, you'll go somewhere and you'll cop a big signing on fee as well. So, don't you know, don't worry about it. If, if the, the bloke puts you... In it makes you train with the under 23s or whatever, just suck it up and then but then walk out the club. And it, it, it I think we're likely, I've always said, I, I think it's likely we'll get a derisory offer for Han in the last week of the window, which we're now into. And I'd rather turn a derisory offer down and keep the player um, than, than let him go for, for buttons. Yeah. Okay, I mean, look, there's a thread. I want to. We look. Let's look forward to the weekend now. But there's a thread on here from uh, Port Said Red, and I think it, it, I, I read it before we started recording. Um, he said, and it's called "Raining in the Positivity." It's, and he says, "It's hard, isn't it?" I keep telling myself we're in the eye of August. Yeah, I keep telling myself we lost the first two games. I keep telling myself that we had a similar start under Dean Holden. I keep telling myself that the vultures are circling for our prize assets. But then I see the way we are playing. We have looked so good, even with only 20 minutes from our star striker. But then I see we seem to have strength in depth in many positions. And I see the younger players taking their chances to be part of it all. And I see the attitude in the camp and a player saying, it's as good as I can remember in my career. And then I see a coaching team experienced enough but flexible enough to deal with the changes. But there is a familiarity in that. And it's how I feel about successful teams in the past. I'm reigning in the positivity. Well said there. And Graham, clap Graham C on here. Give it a rest, mate. I expect FPC will somehow manage to reign in the positivity. You're becoming boring. You really are boring. Get a life, mate. Uh, Ian, we've been watching the team for 50 years. You know, you get that head of steam. I'll start to believe... It because all those things that Port said read there, I, I sort of get that. I'll start to believe it, particularly now with a game at Blackpool on Saturday, right? Tough place to go at the best of time. No, they're not the biggest team. But, you know, if we go up there and we get something, and that might only be a draw, yeah? And then we've got Huddersfield at home next Wednesday. Four points from the next two games, yeah, Blackburn away after that, which isn't going to be easy. Four points from the next two games, that puts you on 11 from seven. Extrapolate that forward. It's 72 points, yeah? It's it's certainly top eight and nudging top six. Um, we have been here before with false expectations, 17, 18. At what point would you think, hey, this could be interesting? And... Is Blackpool pivotal in that because it would extend the unbeaten run to six? What are your thoughts on that, this positivity? Because I'm feeling it, but how many times have we seen it over the years? Only to be 
disappointed? Well, I'm going to take a, um, if you like, if you want to do a, a review in time, I'm going to look at the end of September when we okay. have played 11 league games. And I think that's about a quarter of the season. And that's going to give you um, an indication of what will happen if we go on like this. And just a simple thing to do, just work out on a points average. So if, you, if you're picking up 1.5 points a game, uh, you're safe, but no cigar. If you're picking up 1.7 plus, you're heading for the playoffs. And if you're picking up two points a game average, um, you're heading for automatic promotion. Yeah. So, that, but lots can happen at the moment. And I'm touching every bit of wood I can find. Um, we've only got, uh, if you count Nathan Baker, who Nigel's already said, we're not going to see him this season, or, or we, I don't think we'll see him this season. But he's still contracted. Uh, we're still paying him. Um, so he's he's a he's a pro. But if you if you even count him, we've only got four players injured. Now we know that uh, Thomas Callas is one, and, and I think it'd be nice to get some information on when we're expecting Thomas back because that's gone very quiet. And Nigel Pearson in his last um, press conference said, "Well, uh, as soon as there's some news, we'll update you." But there's no no more news, mm. um, which would then mean. That Thomas has missed six months. Well, he's, he's missed six months from as of 10 days' time because he didn't play his last game was 5th of March, I think. Yeah, but we've we've got, if you want to call it, a sustainable number of injuries. Um, it's when it goes up to six and eight with a small squad you struggle. So there's loads of things that could derail it. But if, and it, you always got to say temper it with if, if we can keep going the way we are, I think Blackpool is an important game. I don't think it's, it, it's pivotal. We could go to Blackpool and lose 6-0. It, it wouldn't make an uh, overall difference um, to our season. And, and apart from, you know, you, Blackpool get three points and we get nothing. Or we could go out there and, and, and win 6-0. And it wouldn't mean that we're flying. But the confidence that winning games of football gives you shouldn't be underestimated. And if we were to go up there and win, obviously, if you can't win, the next best best thing is get a point. Yeah. So, and, and I take, you know, if we could draw there and and beat Huddersfield the following week, then that's, that's you're averaging two points over the two games. So you get to build a momentum. And I think yeah. in football, momentum is incredibly important. And, and, and you get on that role. And once you get on the role, it it's okay. You're going to get knocks along the way, but once you get on that role and you get every everybody positive, and we saw it under Steve Cottrell is the last time we saw it at times under Lee when we you were did. No, right in. at Christmas and we had that game uh, against Wolves, and then everything from there seemed. Well, to I think everything from there. We, we had a cut run and we didn't have. The, the strength in depth to no. be able to continue in the league. And every, from Christmas onwards, everybody just looked natural. Well, it went to, ra it went to ratchet and bar a few. And OK, uh, what was that? 18, 19 started reasonably. But we've said we've said it on here for a long time. That 
game against Wolves, when you look, we never recovered from that, and they seem to go on from uh, strength to strength. Let's look at the starting lineup on Saturday and the key decisions uh, and what have you. And okay, I mean, you said Ian, it's probably going to be the same side. But I just want to raise a couple of points there. I mean, Bent's in goal, obviously. The centre three is going to be um, Viner, uh, Naismith, and Atkinson. No doubt about that. Yeah. Um, Pring, we didn't see the game. Do you think he did? He's not going to displace Jay De Silva on that side, is he? No. No. Okay, so Jay's in there. Right wing back, yeah. Um, Wilson played and scored last night. Sykes is back after suspension, yeah. No. Uh, he's start, is no. He, so he's he got back until Huddersfield. He's three. He's got, he's got three How many games did he get? Two. Three. Three. Okay. So you think he'll well okay, first question. Wilson, would he play him at right back? No. No. Okay, I sort of get that. So you're gonna start with Scott at right back then. Right wing back, yeah. Yeah. Or Tanner? A bit more Well, different. if Nigel it first it depends if let's let's assume they're all fit. Nobody got a knock last night or anything like that. Um, and everybody comes up well in training and all the rest of it. I would I would think at the moment, in terms of defensive qualities, he might select Tanner in front of Wilson. But I think at the moment, he's not going to want to change too much. I think Joe Williams will come back in midfield. Well, let's go. Let's move on. Let's move on. And, I, and, I, and I, think, I think, I think, well, basically, I think it'd be the same team, Dave. Same time. Okay. But and and with 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 some well okay so the so the midfield if you take the two it'll be it'll be Williams and Hanoa in that two with Vyman in front yeah. Conway and Wells yeah. up front now there's a thread running yeah. on Oxib that says Chris Martin didn't seem particularly happy when he came off. He didn't wave to the away fans. And as people do, they're trying to read into that. Somebody said, oh, Martin's a new whipping boy. But if you are at Chris, if you are Chris Martin, you're probably thinking, oh God, Antoine's come back. He, well, Chris Martin and Matty James, I put this on Twitter, previewing this, this podcast. They can't be first picks while this run is going. Can they? Because they do. They're talented guys and they're very good players. But the way we're playing, they slow us down, and their absence is what has contributed, in my opinion, to this upturn and this exuberance because of the the refreshing way we are playing with pace. What do you think? Well, I put it slightly differently. Um... If you're going to play a high-intensity, high-energy pressing game, front foot football, as Nigel Pearson has said he wants well, to play. Well, I, I need to stop you there because somebody picked us up on that. Said, it wasn't Nigel Pearson who said front foot football. It was it was Dean Holden. Really? Sorry, and I'm not doing that in because I got no. berated on here for saying, you're the cult of Nigel, right? So I don't know what type of action. Dave, I, it, Dave, I think you're, you know, just ignore him. 
Ignore them. Yeah, no, you're right, Ian. It's, da- it's damaging it's, my mental health. I've got to take a moment. Yeah, don't, don't, let, don't, don't let them live rent-free in your head. Yeah, um, all right. <laughs> I put it in. I put it in slightly. Like, if you're going to play that high intensity, Nigel sorry. Pierce. First of all, Nigel Pearson did say that he said he wanted to play high intensity attacking football. Right now, if you're playing that, that's great. But you've got to have the players that can do it. In other words, they've got to be able to run and run for ninety minutes. Now, if you look at the way that sides that play like that play, so Liverpool's one, Man City's another. Man United played like it the other night. Leicester did, and that was Pearson's so the first pride, thing, wasn't it? But the first thing Man United did is said, well, Ronaldo, one of the best footballers, arguably the best footballer the world's ever seen, we're leaving him out because, because he doesn't play like that. So there's no shame these days in being on the bench because it's, it's, a, um, it's a squad game. And yeah. I think the five substitutions will make a massive difference. Now, yeah. even listening to on the radio last night, it the game seemed to calm down a lot from our point of view when Scott and James came on in midfield. Yeah. Just going by Richard's commentary and what Gary Hours, a friend of this podcast, was saying, that you know, you you kept hearing oh, James gets the ball and slides it here. Scott's on the ball and he's looking forward. I mean, Gary Harris said there should have been a, a red card for a foul on Scott from behind. Yeah. Um, so I get so sorry, just one thing. It was interesting. The Sky reporter, he said way he was talking wave after wave of city attacks once Scott had come on. So just to yeah. back up what you said. But, but Matty James is and that's how I see possibly might change. But I see the role of people like Matty James, um, Andy King, to a, possibly to a lesser extent, and Chris Martin, is helping close out games. Yes. Don't forget, Chris Martin is another one that's out of contract next next summer. Yeah. So I'm seeing them help coming on and helping to close out games if we're winning or help us get a bit more of the ball if we're attacking and getting forward. Because we know that... Um, Matty James isn't going to get a lot of goals. Neither is Joe Williams. Um, so they'll, they'll, you know, you get players like them closer. And if you look at the bench, I think the bench for Saturday would be interesting. I mean, I'd go for O'Leary, Pring, Wilson, or Tanner. I think Wilson um, closer. James, Semenyo, and Martin. Now that's a decent bench. Yeah. So. You, if if you go out there and it all goes a bit Pete Tong like it did last year, you have got people on the bench who can change the game. And when they're all fully fit, you look at you can get excited when you look at say that front three becoming Semenyo Conway with Vyman in behind. Um, because if if you're a, a central defender in the championship. You ain't looking forward to playing against them because they've got the movement. Semenyo's no. got pace and power. Um, and, no, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Andy Vyman will will be pulling the strings in behind. So, providing we can uh, get a bit stronger in midfield, and, and some people are linking linking us with the young lad at Tottenham who is now available, Eroganum, uh, who's um, Villa, isn't he? Villa. Sorry, Villa. Yeah, he's... You the know, they, Wednesday kid he was linked as well, wasn't he? Yeah, well, the Wednesday kid's going to cost money. So unless 
we can do a deal with them around what they owe us for backing some because most times these days, I mean, it might be different if it's a small amount of money, but most times these days, there's a payment schedule on transfers. Now, going back to when we, we were lads, it was 50% down and 50% over 12 months. Well, now payments for transfers are stretched over five and six years. Um, so I'm not suggesting the backing some one is because it's not a huge amount of money, I wouldn't think. But unless we can, you know, if we played with the numbers around that, we might be able to afford that lad. But obviously, if we can get the villa lad in, and, and let's say they're one's as good as the other. Um, if we get the villa lad in on loan, then he, he don't cost us anything up front. Now, you no. might don't know if, if villa would want a loan fee or what kind of wages he's earning. I would imagine it's decent because he has played some Premier League games for them. I think he's played in six games. I'm not sure if he came on as a sub or whatever, but, you know, that that might be the sort of thing I said, but the the black uh, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday lad Blackpool apparently it's been reported um, that Blackpool bid half a million and it was turned down. So going once again going back to what Nigel Pearson said that until someone goes out um, and someone notable goes out, we can't bring any. Can't in. do anything. Well, I mean, look, that possibly as, alone as, as the sage, the sage. On all matters, uh, tactical and what have you, as the sage that Dave Febs is, he constantly reminds us, so uh, we're agreeing with you, Dave, that it is a squad game. But you play, and I, and I totally get that. Playing Chris Martin in the last, like we did against Cardiff, you know, he can come on and he can, he can go out there with 20 minutes to go and winning and put in the amount of effort that's required that he couldn't maintain for dare I say, it, even an hour, yeah? So the utilising of the squad, I think, is 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 100%. I mean, and, and if you say, if we go out and get somebody like that Villa lad in particular, it and, and, and everybody's fit and we don't lose anybody, we start looking a decent side because even now, you know, when everybody's fit, anybody that comes in has got to be better. There's no point in getting anybody for clubs in the bag to coin a former manager's uh, a former manager's phrase you know and for me you know um from the start scott is always going to be in my start in lineup but not as a right wing back yeah and 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 Vyman's going to be there but, uh, but if you're there and if you set a front two that would strike fear into anybody Semenyo and conway yeah, I think they do complement each other. And then being able to bring on Martin Wells for the last 20 minutes, yeah, I think is is, is a good position uh, Is a good position to well, be depends, in. Well, it depends can. on two things. The first thing you said was no one going out. And, well, we and, don't know. I said if no one goes no, out. No, let, let me finish. If no one goes out, that's an achievement in itself. Okay, now, all right, if, if we haven't had any bids for him of the right amount, it, it's not really that great an achievement, but at least... We haven't lost our best players. Yeah. The second thing is injuries. Um, and, and if we, let's say, for example, Antoine did go, we'd have to bring in a striker to replace him, but we'd have the money to either get a quality loan or a quality replacement at this level. Yeah. So e either way, and, and you know, you've only got to look at Sky every day and, and the, the kind of numbers being quoted are absolutely unbelievable. Now, I watched Watford uh, play Burnley, 
And I watched another game of theirs. I can't remember who it was against. But their front three, I thought, wow, that is a division-winning front three. Well, they seem to be doing their level best to sell them all. Yeah. Now, if they sell all three, they've already sold one. Dennis went to Forest for $20 million. They had a deal lined up for Ishmael Sar, $25 million to Villa, and Villa pulled out. Um, and uh, the other lad, Joe Pedro, is subject to an offer, and it's always quoting up to, but up to thirty million for uh, Yao Pedro, who plays yeah. more plays down the middle. So, if they sell those three, they'll have seventy-five million plus forty-two million parachute money. So they wouldn't blink at it paying a lump of money for anybody at our club. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't see. Watford signing Semenya. I just think he looks a Crystal Palace signing, to be honest. And you know, and we can't assume. Would you agree with this, Ian? Rather, that let's say we get twelve million for Semenya, which is seems a reasonable sum if we get that. That Nigel would not get all of that money. I, I said to somebody the other day, half of it would go back into club coffers, and then these days he'd be left with. Six, sorry, these days he'd then be left with six million, and I guess he'd be told that you—that's what you've got to spend, including wages. Do you think that's a likely scenario? That it's not I, like I you could buy well, two, three million. I, I like. don't think City would let Semenyo go for twelve million. I mean, you might say twelve million plus add-ons, but the yeah. add-ons would have to be ultra realistic. You know. Um, you can you can have it when we had add-ons on Bobby Reed and Joe Bryan that we did that we haven't realized and we haven't realized I don't think if it depends what the add-ons were on Adam Webster we may realize some it was based on appearances but if it's based on a sell-on Adam Webster hasn't moved neither is Josh Brownhill and we need to think about that going into um the window because yeah. Brownhill well, all three of them you, you Brownhill Webster and Kelly yeah, well, Brian, I mean, Lloyd Kelly, I think he is or was captain at Bournemouth. Josh Brownhill's top man at Burnley now, um, particularly with the players that have gone out. Um, and I was read something interesting the other day about uh, Burnley were interested in a player, but they wouldn't or couldn't pay more than 2.5 million. Uh, they didn't want to pay it. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, they've got parachute money. What, what, what are they worried about? But it, it may be that the owners have, uh, have said, well, you know, we're, you can only go up to that level. I'm not sure. But it, it was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but lots could happen. It, it, look, in the next seven days, I don't know how many hundred transfers there's going to be, but it's, it's like dominoes. And once they start falling and people are going in, you know, these, these clubs with the parachute payments will need, never mind want, to get back up. Yeah, it's not it's not always possible. Bournemouth didn't get back up the first year. Stoke came down with parachute payments. They you were telling me that they sacked their manager this yeah, year. Yeah, Mike Michael O'Neill's gone. Yeah, yeah. Who? So you don't know what can happen. And and Dean Holden takes over at Stoke, and and decides that I don't know he wants one of our younger players or he he, he wants Andy Boyman or. You know, all sorts of things can happen. So I'm going to be holding my breath a little it's, bit. It's interesting. In, until that... until when that, the, uh, the window closes at 11 o'clock 
on the night we play Huddersfield, isn't it? August the 31st, yeah? No, it's the 1st of September. Is it? 11 o'clock at night on the 1st of September. Yeah. Which is the Thursday, so it's a week today. Don't ask me. I don't, I know. I just know yeah, that's what it is. Day. Yeah, it is. Week today. All right. So Antoine comes. <laughs> who wouldn't rule out a bid for Tommy Conway if he scored another couple in the next two games? Yeah. Well, I'm more. Might take a punt. I'm more more relaxed about it because of the duration of contract. Tommy's under a long contract. Um, Antoine's got with the options got two years left. Andy Vyman's got two years left. So we're not going to get a, the only person that may get some interest, and, and according to Nigel Pearson, once again, there's been none so far, is Han Noah. And he's 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 walking next next summer unless he's he's changed his mind. Yeah. Um I, so we we're like we're like all clubs. We we just all, and a lot of supporters around the country are saying, you know, if you go on Twitter, there's lots of people around the country saying the same thing. You know, out the manager, the chairman, whoever they speak to, turns his phone off, and and we we don't get that. And it's the the worst thing is if you lose someone late on transfer deadline day because then you really are snookered for bringing in. We well, just ran out of time to do it. That's what I was going to say. And you know, because you know we've got okay two games, but any deal that's going to be done, you know, Semenyo scored hat trick against Huddersfield next week. Yeah, there's not going to be time to get a deal over the line, is there? And certainly not time for us to go out and find a replacement, you know, because... Well, we, you would yeah, hope we, that we've taken these scenarios into account and there's a list of players that um, we've got if, you know, when the scenario goes, it's like a flowchart, isn't it? If... X player goes, we go out and we've got we will sign one of these yeah. four players. So you know, you've you've just got a, yeah. you're ready to go if the dominoes fall. If, if Scott break. did go, if Scott did go, yeah. bet your life then we'd be up for that Sheffield Wednesday player. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, we've been linked with him, but we've been linked with with lots of players. It's not these things don't always no, yeah. and there can be you know, there could, like I said before, there can be an element of truth in anything, and then, or a deal might be set up, and then the player changes his mind, his agent gets a better offer from somewhere else, his missus says, there's no way I'm moving to Bristol. All sorts of things can happen, and they've happened a, a lot over the years. A lot, I mean, look at the number of players that we were linked with over and over and over again, and they've never turned up here. No. No, you're right, Ian. All right, Ian, look, we've chanted on um, always yeah. the same length as we do for a normal one. Um, we'll be watching the game on Saturday from Bloomfield Road and we'll do our next episode at six o'clock reflecting uh, on what we hope will be an extension of the run. Obviously, we want it to be a win. Um, thanks to everybody who's been listening. 800 of you. We are, I position us in the podcast of the three city podcasts i think we're number three yeah and i'm basing that on twitter followers but the only podcast actually shows how many people are listening to the output that we put out there so i throw down the challenge it's easy to do to to the other podcasts let's see you know you get you got more followers on twitter than us let's see uh if you got the listeners but we're quite happy 
doing what uh, we're doing, letting people live rent-free in my head, some of them, and obviously we're living rent-free in some other people's heads as well. But uh, Ian, you'll be back with me on uh, Saturday evening and uh, hopefully it'll be fun by the seaside for City, yeah? Let's hope so. All right, have a good rest. Have a good rest of the week. Cheers, Dave. Take care. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are bubba-bubbing along. When Richard Robbins come bubba-bubbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. Red, red, round, and start bobbing along.